Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Well, Moses is dead. Moses led the people out of Egypt and led them through the wilderness wandering for those 40 years. And it was God's will that he was not going to be able to make it in. So he just sat on the top of Mount Pisgah and looked at the promised land. And, and that, was the, that was the end of it. And he died. Joshua has to go the rest of the way. Hear the word of God as Joshua receives his charge. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness to the south, to the Lebanese mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River to the east, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my commandment. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God add his understanding to this hearing of his word. So coming out of Egypt, the people of God had this amazing experience of the dividing of the Red Sea, crossing on dry land. You've seen the movie, how it happened. Water on one side and the other and the people going through. And then afterwards, the, the Egyptians were vanquished as the waters came crashing down upon them. They went on from there and then they went to Sinai and they heard the voice of God. God spoke and gave them the commandments. But along the way, well, life was so tough, they had to drink water out of rocks. They had to eat quail and manna every day. Imagine if it was just burritos every single day. And the people started griping and complaining. And they said to Moses and Aaron, his brother, We've had enough of this. We want to go back to Egypt. 
what they called the flesh pots of Egypt. We want to go back where, where life was easy. Yes, it was hard for some, but it was just a few. For the vast majority of us, it was so good. We, we had all the food provided for us. We had life provided for us. And we lived just fine as slaves of Pharaoh. Let's go back and do that again. But Moses said, that's not God's will. God's will is that we go forward into the land flowing with milk and honey, into the promised land, into Canaan. And so they reluctantly went along. So they're in the, they're in the desert for decades, an awful long time. And very few are left who actually remember what happened at the Red Sea, actually remember what happened at Sinai. And there's a whole new generation of people. And as they're beginning to think about approaching the promised land, they sent spies in. They sent spies into Canaan. The spies came back, one representing each tribe of Israel. They came back and said, the cities are huge and fortified. The people are giants. And the grapes are as big as watermelons. It's amazing. We can't do this. We can't do it. That was the report of most of the spies. And in hearing this, and hearing how frightful it was to keep going into the promised land, the people, once again, want to go back to Egypt where it was easy where it was not challenging and yeah it, we weren't free there we were slaves but we ate well let's go back to Egypt we don't want to take the chance of facing those people two of them said we can do this Joshua and Caleb Caleb, who was in his 80s. Caleb was the guy who, who said, I'll do it myself if I have to. Caleb and Joshua were the ones who said, we can do this. But Moses said, we're not going back to Egypt. We're going forward. We're going into the land that God has promised. And so the people were pretty much stuck. They had to keep going. So they approach. Moses is given a view of the promised land. From Mount Pisgah, he could see the Mediterranean glistening far in the west. And he handed the leadership over to Joshua. So now Joshua is the one. And Joshua doesn't have Moses there anymore. It's just him. For Joshua, it's like, who am I to do this? Who am I to, to be able to carry these people forward? The people are huge. The cities are fortified. Who am I? God says to him, be strong, be courageous, lead these people. Lead these people because that is my will for you, not Egypt. Not the easy life, not slavery, not to live under the dictates 
of some bonehead pharaoh. But to live with your master as your father. To live in the freedom that I intend for you. So Joshua receives that charge. Be strong and courageous. And God says, I will be with you. I'll be with you. Not a step that you take will I be absent from you. I'll be with you. But for Joshua, it's been years since they heard from God. It's been years since the the crossing of the Red Sea. Years since Sinai. Let's face it, they live life as we do. We may have experiences in our lives where we knew that God was so very real to us. And, and we, we couldn't help but believe. But then day in, day out, life takes hold. And it seems God is silent. It seems like there's, there's nothing there. And it seems like it's just us. And we begin to just listen to one another. We begin to wonder. We begin to doubt. And God just doesn't come interrupting our lives all the time, every time we need him. So we wonder, is God really with us? Is it really true that he's never left us? So the core value of our faith is not fear, it's courage. It's what God says to Joshua. And in saying it to Joshua, he's saying it in essence to all the people. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear. Survey the scriptures. Every time God shows up, he says, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Fear is not the work of the Christian church. It's courage, which is a high virtue. It's courage that, that sees the fear, sees the fearful reality feels the fear, but persists, goes ahead, does it anyway. Well, William McRaven, who wrote that little book I've been using as a guideline for the sermon series, had an experience in his SEAL training where they were on an obstacle course and everyone is being timed. And he's up 30 feet off the ground and there's a long nylon rope that goes down, it's pillared to the ground and he's 30 feet up and they all have to do this. And as I say, they're being timed, he's ahead of the clock and he jumps out on that rope, big thick nylon rope, jumps out on that rope, hangs underneath it and makes his way down the rope. Well, down at the bottom, is his instructor who's so very disappointed in him. In essence, if he really had courage, he wouldn't do it the safe way. He would get on that rope and slide down head first. Head first from 30 feet up down to the ground. McRaven writes, Life is a struggle, and the potential for failure is ever-present. But those who live in fear of failure, or of hardship, or of embarrassment, 
will never achieve their potential. Without pushing your limits, without occasionally sliding down the rope headfirst, without daring greatly, you will never know what is truly possible in your life. Now, how did Christians ever get the reputation of being mamby-pamby? How did we ever get the reputation of being those who play it safe? None of the biblical heroes, none of the examples that were given in Scripture are those who play it safe. They try to not be dumb. Let's face it, there's a fine line between stupidity and courage. They try not to be foolish. But at the same time, they try to be pushing their own personal limits. Because that is what faith means. What it means to live by faith is to believe beyond what we see. So McCraven, up on that platform, looking down. So 30 feet is approximately the top of this ceiling. Looking down and sliding down a rope head first, trying to keep his balance as he goes. And we all have such times where we are challenged to live life in such a way that reflects the exercise of courage, not of succumbing to fear. Theodore Roosevelt, in his famous address in Paris in 1910, set the tone with these words. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And it's always a challenge. It's always a challenge that we, given the challenges and the opportunities and the hardships and difficulties and scary moments of life, that we persevere, that we move forward and do what we must to live life fully. So yesterday here in this sanctuary, we held a service for Mike Finkel and Nanette, sitting here in the front row, has to make decisions about her life as she goes forward. And how many of you, having lost a loved one, a deeply loved other, has had to make the tough decisions to go forward, to keep going? 
rather than retreat and hide to some Egypt, but to go forward with the challenges that life has, to go forward and, and do the best you can, not without failing, not without stumbling, not without error, but to go forward and to believe that God is with you, that the Lord is with you and, and has not abandoned you. And this is true throughout our little congregation. So many of you who have been divorced and have had to go forward despite the, the economic hardship and the emotional hardship, who've been widowed and has to continue on despite everything that, that, that besets you at such a time. And yet the Lord is with you. And though we don't feel it, we don't experience it day in, day out, we, we stumble, we're, we're sweaty and bloody in the arena, and we fall and we fail, we get up and we keep going. But God is with us. I thought about this during this week as all of the news of the coronavirus came out. I thought about the providence of God, the overarching care of God, and, you know, how our dear brother Bill Buchanan, Bill and Ellie were on a, on a cruise off the coast of Australia. They were in a cruise ship. It just so happens he had a freak accident, cracked his knee, and they had to come home early. And we all felt so badly for Bill and Ellie for coming home early. Maybe, maybe the providence of God was caring for Bill and Ellie at such a time as that. The stories of God's care, God's oversight, the stories that emerge when hardships occur and, and we don't see the hand of God at work. But the Lord is with us. And, and every now and then, the Lord's, I believe, intentionally a little clumsy, he lets, us, he lets us see the withdrawal of his hand when he has been there and done something to protect us and to guard us. And I, in reflecting on Bill and Ellie's experience, I have thought that was a clumsy withdrawal of God's hand upon their lives to bring them home, to be safe. And... This is in no way any kind of a comment of those who are on that ship or those who have been sequestered on one of those many cruise ships because of the coronavirus. But I also believe that the Lord is with them. Lest we forget, when it's just us talking, when it's just the horizontal relationship, like the people in the desert, they can't imagine what the promised land is like. What they do know is Egypt. So in our time and in our place, what we do know is physical health. What we do know is trying to stay well. We do know trying to not get infected by whatever virus might be out there. That's what we know. What we don't know is the joys of eternity. We don't know the, the heavenly home that, that Canaan anticipates. 
at the promised land is the home that anticipates our heavenly home with him. This life is precious and we do everything we can to protect it and to live it well. But ultimately, this life is really the the penultimate reality. This is the life that leads to the life that awaits us. We may want to run to safety. And this entails that we stay safe, that we take care of one another. We watch out for each other. We watch out for ourselves. But we have to live. We have to live this life that the Lord has given to us. It's rare that we have to go sliding down a rope. But it's common that we have to make decisions and make decisions in order to be together, in order to love one another, in order to care. Let's face it, if we wanted to make no mistakes in this this life, all we have to do is stay home and go through those thousands of channels that we've got on our TVs. Don't get out, don't do anything, and we're safe. We're not going to sin, we're not going to get sick. But you know, loneliness will kill us. Isolation. We're not made for that. Our dear brother brother Peter has self-isolated all week long and felt like the risk of being here with all of you was worth coming and worshiping today. That's a personal, individual decision that we all have to make. And there are times when we have to dare greatly. But that's where life is lived. And that's where our Lord is honored and glorified. Because we trust him. We trust him. Will you join me in prayer? Oh, Father. Show us that fine line between courage and foolishness. May we be a people of faith, not of foolishness. And may we be a people who endeavor to love under all circumstances. Even if we are sequestered, even if we must quarantine ourselves, may we use our phones. May we use our cards and letters. May we stay connected, O oh Lord. May we be a people that are, reflect the reality of your love at work within us. We ask this in the name of your Son, who went to every length to bring us to yourself. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.